as we continue with the wow factor i am your host bill nampic and we have a very special guest i know you're going to be excited he is a new york times best-selling author creator of the gray man series oh yeah you could see the movie on netflix he also worked with tom clancy on several books before mr clancy passed away in addition after mr clancy passed away mark wrote other books to continue the Jack Ryan character in his stead. So we're very excited as Mark has a brand new book coming out February 20th, just a few days really. And we're extra excited as Mark will be right here in Houston, Texas. You can meet him by one of the books Wednesday, February 21st, right here in Houston, Texas at Murder by the Book, 6.30 p.m., the new book is called The Chaos Agent. I'm so excited to talk to Mark Graney. Here he is. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me back. Well, once again, and I have to say, I went back to our old interview from, I think, five years ago, and I want to tell people, go back to that. You're going to learn so much. You brought forth such great content and interesting insights as an author. So we're excited about your new book. So let's tell people, first of all, you got the new book, Another Gray Man series, The Chaos Agent. Yes, it is the 13th book in the series, although I, I have to tell people that every one of them is a standalone, so you don't have to read the first 12 to understand what's going on here. And it's about my the hero of my series, a guy named Court Gentry, who's a former CIA paramilitary officer who uh, now is kind of in the private sector as a kind of a, an asset, but he only takes jobs that he thinks are moral. And he's on the run at the beginning of this, and he finds himself pitted up against a, a mysterious enemy assassinating top experts in the fields of robotics and artificial intelligence all over the world. So he and his uh, girlfriend, Zoya, have to kind of uncover the truth before there's a revolutionary lethal autonomous weapon, basically a killer robot. Um, that it that can come online by this enemy. So it's it's a big high octane espionage thriller with assassins and spies and robots and conspiracy and mystery. Well, and also it, just the action that I, I was watching last night, the Netflix uh, movie, and man, the action that that takes place. And in the books, the way you craft the action, as far as putting the words together, it's so phenomenal. So if people and many people. You have a massive fan base, but if those have not heard or seen the, the Netflix series or read any of the books, I highly encourage grab a Mark Graney book right now. <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> so as far give people an idea. I know each book would, would be different, I guess. I'm not an author. But when you wrote The Chaos Agent, give us an idea how much time it takes to put something like that together that's coming out here February 20th. Oh, wow. It seems to take me a little bit longer for each book for one reason or, or another. The books aren't necessarily longer, but uh, just with everything going on in my life and, uh, you know, cranking these things out, it gets a little tougher. So this is actually my 24th published novel, and uh, it, it feels like they're, they're, wow. it's more of a hard process than it used to be. But I probably put about seven months into this book, and I work seven days a week virtually. And uh, you have to do a lot of research for this stuff. This book was a little bit more research heavy, and I did some travel uh, research as well. And, um, you know, it was it was about seven months, which is probably about a month more time than I should be taking on them. But uh, 
you know, I'm glad it's done. <laughs> well, it's, it must be a great satisfaction to see the finished, finished work and also to go around the country and talk to people about it, answer questions. And I do want to go back as you're well into the Gray Man series, exciting books each and every time. But how did you get the inspiration to start the Gray Man? And what does the name, for those that don't know, what the Gray Man implies? Well, I will start with the second question first. The gray, uh, the term gray man is used in military and law enforcement and espionage, you know, fields as someone to explain someone who is very good at blending into their environment and just sort of remaining nondescript. So they don't wear all the tactical stuff that you see um, some people wearing. Um, they don't stand out in in their mannerisms or actions. So it's really somebody who can blend in. That's the idea of the story. Um, as far as where I came up with the idea for The Gray Man, I had written three other books that had not been published, and I had met an agent along that route, and he told me I needed something, you know, uh, maybe something with a, like a, a, a lead protagonist and, you know, the big action series. So about that time, I was studying Spanish down in Guatemala, and I went to El Salvador for the weekend, and I just re- saw this guy at a bar, an American guy at a bar, and I just made up this whole backstory while I was sitting there drinking a beer about <laughs> how he's former CIA, and he's living off the grid, and he's working as a contract killer and all this. Never actually even talked to the guy, but um, <laughs> by the end of that beer, I, was, I had an idea for a story, and I started writing it soon after. Isn't it interesting how inspiration strikes, and it's even better when we capture it, and even better yet when you get to have it be part of making a good living, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'm so fortunate that I, the thing that I actually enjoy doing, it's the thing that I'm actually able to do for a living. And that's a, a great distinction. One of the things, you're, another speaking of distinctions that I remember last time talking to you and then reading the the, the covers of the books and the books, you are also, with each and every book, including the new one, The Chaos Agent, you go to several countries. You go to where all this, where you're writing about, so you're learning about the, the whole world and putting it into your books, so the readers are there with you to learn about these places firsthand in a, in a magnificent way. I find that it really helps me. I've done it as much as I can in the time that I have for the books that I have. Um, a couple of years you know, during COVID, I wasn't able to do any location research, and, uh, and that was disappointing. But for this book, uh, it takes place in three locations, two of which I have been to, uh, a place in Guatemala, a place in Mexico, and in Cuba. Uh, I wasn't able to go to Cuba just because of the way my schedule was working last year when I was writing the book, but um, I have been to the other two locations and you know it's i think i counted i've been to 35 different countries either researching tom clancy novels or my own novels and uh you know it it really it's it's not just to get the street names right it has a lot to do with the atmospherics and you know to get a feel for the people and a feel for the the police system and all these sorts of things you kind of have to be on the ground to really really absorb that well, and as I read your books, one of the, the great things I think you're describing now is that you bring the sights, the sounds, even the smells into the picture as the reader follows along with the story and the various characters. Well, that's the idea. I think a good writer has to be empathetic, and you're always thinking about the reader's experience. So I'll be writing an action scene, and I have to keep telling myself, okay, you need to orient the reader. The reader needs to understand which 
way that you know the camera's looking for this scene and how it smells and what things that the the characters are are thinking about what they're whether or not there's sweat dripping in their eye all those sorts of things kind of orients the readers in in a way that i think uh you know some action writing gets a little away from that it's more about you know the the punches that are thrown or the the gunshots and i, I like to keep it very visceral to where people can uh you know sort of a cinematic feel Indeed, the detail is so important. You started out, as you talked about the new book, Mark, The Chaos Agent. By the way, if you're just tuning in, Mark Graney is our guest right now. Super awesome guy, very accomplished, fascinating work. But you mentioned artificial intelligence, which we'll find in the new book. I have not read it yet. I don't have one yet. I'm waiting. The Chaos Agent. But artificial intelligence, Mark, tell us about the research. How do you research that in terms of I don't even know. We know certain things about it, but there's so much we don't know. And then how do you uh, look at the future of it as in, in a way as it relates to this story? I don't know if I'm asking that right, but I think you yeah. can just. Yeah. Um, so when I was looking for something to write about, I was kind of interested in robotics and things of that nature, but I knew very little about it. And I, I understand that lethal autonomous weapons are this emerging threat. I mean, I grew up in the eighties. I saw Terminator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know how, I know how dangerous this stuff can be just from watching movies. Um, so I started doing uh, research, read a bunch of books, listened to hundreds of hours of podcasts, um, audio books, and read a bunch of you know, government and think tank papers. And I was just, fascinated with the ethics of it, the morals of it, the, the technology of it, everything in this book. Uh, there's nothing in this book that's science fiction. It's all either existing technology or emerging technology. Some of the weapons in the novel I, are in the prototype stage in the real world. And I have them actually like in the field in, in the book. So it's let's say we're one year off or two years off. But um, my understanding, you know, like what I've learned about artificial intelligence gives me a lot of reasons to be very nervous about it. The, the, the experts in, in artificial intelligence are scared of, of you know, the, the gatekeepers of the, of this industry are scared of what's behind the gates themselves. So I think it gives you a lot of reason to, uh, to be concerned about it and to be aware of it. And another way maybe to ask the question, I don't even know if I'll get it right this time, but how do we ask questions about something that has this mysterious element to it that we don't even know what questions to ask. And I, I'm thinking you might have run into that when you're doing the research on artificial intelligence. Yeah, it is scary too. Yeah, uh, sure. I am, um, you know, like I didn't understand what neural networks were or large language models or any of these technical things. Um, but I understood, you know, the emotions behind it and the, and kind of the question of the ethics behind it. So I, you know, I just, do as much reading as I can. Uh, I'm a layman. I never, <laughs> I never plan on being an expert in anything. You have six months to, uh, to learn about something and then write about it. Uh, but you know, the, it is such an emerging, emerging technology and it's expanding so quickly. I think that's what scares people. I mean, it's sort of doubling in sophistication every six months to a year and, uh, artificial intelligence is still in its infancy. And it's able to do a lot of amazing things, but it will <laughs> grow into its adolescence and its adulthood. And we really don't know what what's you know what the future has in store for us. No doubt. But I, I'm going back. I forget what year. Two thousand one. 
the Space Odyssey came out, but I think it all started with open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, yep, exactly. I'm sorry, Dave, we can't do it. It'll jeopardize the mission. <laughs> so that is indeed scary. As far as writing, Mark, you're writing, I guess, all the time. Do you have a certain time that you write during the day or and or do you have a certain place that you write to be most effective or to enjoy the experience? Yeah, I write in the mornings uh, mostly unless I'm really pressed up against a deadline and then I then I write in the afternoons or the evenings or whatever I have to do. But uh, my the way I like to do it is to get up in the morning and get back into my office. Um, we have a little uh, sort of an in-laws house uh, behind our house where I live. And so I can walk 35 steps out my back door and be in my own space and my own office. And, and that's where I work. I really like um, writing at coffee shops and things like that. But when I'm in my hometown, that's hard to do because I know a lot of people and it's kind of hard to stay focused when people are popping down next to you and, and, you know, talking to you, which is you know what I would enjoy doing, but you know, I have to treat it as it's my office and it's my job. Mark will be here in Houston Wednesday, February 21st, 6 30 PM at murder by the book. You want to make sure you check them out right there. Hey, if you're listening from afar, travel to Houston, come and see Mark at murder by the book and Mark, when you get to go out around the country, like you're going to be here, right here in Houston, Texas, what are some of the, what is the most often two or three questions people ask you about your work? Hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, I've been coming to murder by the book there in Houston for 13, 14 years wow. at this point. And, and, you know, a lot of people ask, uh, specifics about the research that I do. Um, I do a lot of training with firearms and scuba diving and, things of that nature um, to make the stories feel a little more authentic and accurate. So I get a lot of questions about the specifics of what I do and, and where I do it along the way. Uh, I get a lot of people asking about writing. I mean, a lot of people want to write and um, they're looking to me as, as an expert and I still consider myself uh, somebody that's de- scrambling to do each book. And uh, people ask me for my writing advice and I'm always like, do you have any for me? Because I always feel like there's a better way to do it. So I get asked that question a lot. And uh, you know, the other question I get asked a lot is, you know, why don't you go to more cities? Why don't you, uh, you know, do more time promoting and getting out? And I've, I've written two books a year, most years. So I'm usually pretty slammed. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do my book tour and, uh, and have, have a good time doing it. It's really fun to get out there and, and talk to people and shake hands and see what people like and what they, what they want out of uh, future novels. So what other cities will you be in either before or after you come to Houston? Uh, I'll, I'm going to be in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, nice. uh, Dallas, Houston, Raleigh, uh, up in the D.C. area in Alexandria, and my hometown in Memphis, Tennessee. You have four dogs, I understand. Last time you and I talked, you, I, I remember on the interview you said you had two, Zoe, and another one, but I understand now you have four. Yes, I have four dogs. Um, my wife has had, had two dogs. We, I got married about three years ago, so um, I brought my two rescue dogs in, and, and we have two rescue dogs and two more. So, yeah, it's a, it's a full house. We also foster dogs sometimes, and um, so we've had a half a dozen dogs in this house before which is uh, kind of boggles my mind to think about it <laughs> i was gonna say i guess four are is better than three 
and better than two, but there's no doubt. I have my little dog, Elvis, right now. Speaking of Memphis, Tennessee, Elvis is on the couch right behind me in my office, so dogs are fascinating. Is there any way, and, and we think about dogs and, and other things that inspire us, by the way, do the dogs inspire you or help you as you write and think? I, I suppose you walk them as well as they're your companions uh, in the office or wherever. Yeah, when I, when I take them to the dog park and I'm just by myself, uh, my mind is always sort of churning out ideas or thinking about the stories. I kind of like to do that with my brain and my and my idle time. So, uh, you know, I've walked a lot of miles uh, walking the dogs at the park. And that's always, you know, it, as far as them inspiring me around the house, I would say no. They're, <laughs> they're sound asleep or they're trying to get some sort of attention, neither of which really do much to help me. Every now and then, uh, Ziggy, will, one of my dogs will come back here and lay on the couch next to me while I write. And I kind of like that. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't call him a collaborator. <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy that's uh, just trying to earn the biscuit money for him. <laughs> the biscuit money. So, and also congratulations since the last time you were on the show, you got married and that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I got married, uh, three years ago. We got married right in the middle of, uh, COVID and, um, you know, but, but it was, she, my wife has three kids. So now I have three stepkids and, uh, right in the middle of COVID we got engaged and they shut everything down. So I was like, all right, everybody's moving in. So, um, I went from, uh, living alone to living with, uh, a wife, three kids and two extra dogs, uh, pretty quickly, but it, it was actually the, the, the way you want to spend COVID, if you have to go through that. It, it, wow. Really what a life, a life changing experience. And I, I'll ask maybe a personal question, but that is for our single listeners as Valentine's day approaches, many people call Valentine's day singles awareness day, but in the meantime, <laughs> for those that are, that are out there that are looking for their, that right person, how did you meet your wife? I during, met my especially wife during COVID. Yeah, I, so I, I met her through a mutual friend. We met the year before COVID. We got engaged then. Um, I met her th through a mutual friend and uh, who knew I was single and knew she was single. And um, very slowly, uh, slower than either of us would have liked, she kind of put the uh, the bug in each of our ears. And uh, we just started talking and uh, we went out to dinner. And from that five minutes into that first, uh, you know, time I've actually met her face to face, I was like, yeah, I just want to be around this person all the time. So, uh, it, it was, it was never a question of, of like, is this the right thing? It was like, I've just been, you know, all in from the very beginning. That is so awesome. What a great story. Well, we, we go back, people love Tom Clancy. Tell us you have two distinctions with Mr. Clancy. One, you wrote books with him, right? Correct. And yes. then when he passed away, the, you were honored by the family to say, hey, let's continue the character. And then you continued to write books in his stead with the Jack Ryan character. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I worked with Tom on his last three novels before he passed away. And uh, you know, I, I went from being very, very terrified of, of, of getting this opportunity. I had only had two little paperback books out at the time, one of them was the gray man and it was, it was out in Hollywood. So that gave me a little bit of cachet, but I was, I, by no means was I anywhere up to uh, Tom Clancy's, you know, profile. And we did the three books together and we had just finished the third one. It was called command authority. Uh, when, when I, he passed away and I thought that would be it. And then very quickly his family came to me and asked me if I would, 
continue the Jack Ryan novel. So I ended up writing four more on my own after I did those three with Tom. And uh, after after doing seven, I felt like it was time to bring uh, some fresh eyes into this because, uh, you know, they, they take a lot out of you. And, and, you know, there's only so many different ways you can tell these stories. So, uh, you know, I, I stepped away several years ago, uh, but it was an amazing experience. Well, when we see books that are written with two authors together, tell us about the experience. How do you work? And again, with with a, a giant like Tom Clancy, how did you work? Were you in the same city? Did you email stuff back and forth? Did you talk on the, how does that work? Yeah. So I think it works different in different situations. I know it does because I have lots of other friends who are co-authors. Um, I'll go to a couple of writing uh, um, seminars or, or um, festivals every year and they always put you on a panel with other people and for the last 12 years or so i'm always on the panel uh, about co-writing so i'm i'm friends with the people that write robert ludlam books or clive cussler books or, or whatever so um we we like to talk about our different experiences but for us we were not in the same town i he he lived in baltimore i did go up there you know and spend some time with him but uh mostly it was via emails and and things like that, uh, messages, things like that. Um, you know, it, it, it was, I, I did a lot of travel for these Clancy books. So I, w- I went to China and Russia and Algeria and all these different places for, for the novels. Um, so I did a lot of the legwork, uh, but it was, uh, you know, again, it was just an amazing experience. I kind of look back on it. Like, did that really happen? Cause it's been a few years <laughs> and it's like, I, it's still, uh, I, you know, Tom Clancy, the first thriller I ever bought in my life was a Tom Clancy novel, Patriot Games, when I was 19. Wow. So I was a huge fan. And my dad and I would give each other the Clancy books every Christmas when they came out. So, you know, I had I had 15 years of love of Clancy before I started working with him. Well, as you mentioned earlier about learning, people asking you for advice and, and ideas how to continue writing or to begin writing, we all learn from each other. And when you were with Mr. The experience with Mr. Clancy, what was there one or two things that you learned about writing from him that you'd share? Yeah, absolutely. I, you can look at my gray man novels. The first three, I wrote all three of those before I started working with Tom Clancy and I'm very proud of them. Uh, but then from book four on, I call it the Clancy effect. The books became bigger yes geopolitical more research went into them uh it was less uh kind of a the first three are more like a diehard type novel is super high octane action but maybe at the expense of some of the you know the deeper uh emotions and and after book three uh dead eye and you know up to now the books just became a little deeper and bigger so i think uh working with clancy taught me how to write deep and wide instead of just a, you know, a, a really deep story about one thing. And, you know, I can go wider and get that sort of 40,000 foot uh, view of the, of the strategy and the tactics and the action. And then also put you right down there in the dirt with the, with the protagonist. On the Netflix, as I mentioned, I was watching last night, Ryan Gosling and Billy Bob Thornton. Did you get to meet those guys? Um, yeah, not Ryan Gosling. I was, we were actually in the same room with him and Chris Evans, and and we didn't get to meet him. We we did get to meet some of the actors. Um, I had worked with the directors years earlier 
when they first started adapting it because they wrote the screenplay as well, the Russo brothers. And so, you know, we got to see them and a lot of the producers, you know, in, in my world, it's pretty it's pretty good to get a little FaceTime with uh, some of the uh, producers that, that make a big $200 million film like that. So it was, a you know, this was all out at the premiere um, in in L.A., and it was fantastic. So, yeah, no, I was in the same room with with a lot of the big shot actors, but, uh, they, you know, they were kind of shuffled through and I never actually met them. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the, the the three that were the Chris Evans boy. He's he's just he's mean <laughs> in the in the show, and of course Billy Bob has just just a great persona and Ryan Gosling. So I, I've I've been enjoying that. Now, is there any? Yeah. Are there going to be any other movies coming out that you can tell us about? The plan is for a sequel. Um, I know that they have a script for it. Uh, I'm not sure if the script is 100 percent polished or or what the status is. It's still kind of. The whole thing is still in pre-production, so it's been two years since the first one. So I hope we'll I hope we'll hear something pretty soon. We're talking with Mark Graney. He is the author of the Gray Man series, also the brand new book called The Chaos Agent. And of course, without spoiling the the, the book, as far as the Chaos Agent, can't wait to get my hands on it, Mark. People can see you right here in Houston, Texas, February twenty first at Murder by the Book at six thirty, but as far as the chaos agent, what else should we know about it without, of course, spoiling the story? Well, I think it, it really does take you through what's going on in the world as far as development of, of robotics and artificial intelligence. And it, and it kind of gives you a feel about how if you weaponized a large language model of AI, if you basically gave uh, an artificial intelligent agent the keys and which is something that the U.S. military and the Chinese military are all looking to do uh, because that's what will, you know, that's the future of war uh, for better or for worse. Um, but in this book, it's done in an espionage way. And this large, uh, you know, intelligent agent is given the keys and a mission and access to a bank account. And he's able to sort of this this entity is able to basically um social engineer people to 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 get them to do what he wants and i, I think it's kind of a it's kind of a scary story at, at its core of, of all my books it's probably the one that's the most true to life and, and the most kind of um, scary as to what it foretells the book is the chaos agent and mark when you're not working what do you like to do in the in your spare time if you have any yeah, you know, this time of year, I haven't, I haven't had much spare time, but now I just like to do stuff with my family. We travel a lot. My wife and I are going to Paris in March as nice. just a vacation. We never go anywhere as just a vacation. I don't know the last time we do it because there's always some sort of research for my book or some sort of author event that I'm going to. But yeah, we're just going to go to Paris. So we do like to travel. We're going to go with the kids to Hawaii this summer. Um, I like to scuba dive, uh, but I live in Memphis, Tennessee, so it's not really the scuba diving mecca here so i like to get out and do that (laughs) no doubt about it well mark with the last couple minutes what else you want people to know mark graney he's right here coming to houston texas his website is mark graney g-r-e-a-n-e-y books.com of course you can just google the name mark graney everything comes up but the website is fascinating it's beautifully done to see all the books lined up there we learn about you but yeah, with the last couple of minutes, Mark, what else do you want people to know, or what what didn't I ask that you wished I did? 
<laughs> well, nothing, nothing you could have asked. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I guess I'd like people to know that I also have another series. Um, in addition to this, I wrote two books last year. So I have a book coming out at the end of June called Sentinel. Um, and this series has sold to, uh, to television. It's being developed. Um, it's the Josh Duffy series. So the book two of that will be coming out in June. And this year I'm going to be writing the 14th Gray Man novel. So wow. that'll be out this time next year. So the, the story will keep on going. That sounds exciting. Mark Graney, coming to Houston, Texas, right here, 221. What do you like about – I know there, Memphis is a great city. I love Tennessee. And as you travel around, I would be curious, what do you like about Houston, Texas, when you come to visit? Because this is a unique city. I've been here for decades now. <laughs> yeah, so my cousin, uh, Catherine, lives there um, in, in Houston. So it's always fun to come to town. First Murder by the Book is one of the best uh, – They're great. It's mystery and thriller bookstores in the country and they were the first one to reach out to me when i was just a very just getting started out the first time i heard from uh, the owner of a bookstore was murder by the book and i had to like i didn't know anything about them and then they sent me there maybe my publisher sent me there a year or two later but uh like i said my cousin uh lives there so we always go to amazing restaurants um I love, we always stay in the museum district cause that's close to where the bookstore is and, uh, go to that museum there. And, and it's really, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful place and it's really convenient <laughs> for someone that lives in Memphis. It's an, about an hour and 15 minute flight. So, uh, I, I like to get down there. Easy in, easy out. Mark books.com. You can see Mark right here in February. Once again, February 21st and the book, the new one, the chaos agent comes out. February 20th, just a few days. Mark, thank you so much for being with us. And I want to remind people, you can, of course, you're hearing this interview, but go back and just Google my name and Mark's, and you'll see some of the past interviews as well. We've had two so far. This is our third. But once again, Mark, thank you so much. And when you get here, welcome to Houston, Texas, once again. Thank you so much, Bill. I enjoyed talking to you.